0: rain pipe right outside your window it sounds like things are like it's irregularly sloshing out there no I mean, the window's window's like, quite wet,
1: so it's like
2: it's uh wet. i think it's on that side it's coming from that window for oh, some reason okay. it's
1: raining that hard it? i like rain
3: i like oh, it i love it yeah,
2: i love yeah. rain too yeah I'm
3: so happy didn't expect it
1: <laughs> i know, like, know app well, right?
3: didn't show any rain i do uh, know where we, we were so, we went
1: outside we were like oh yeah Google was like, there, it's 53 degrees with showers. I was like, showers? And then we walked outside. I was like, oh, it, it, it is. Okay.
2: You're right, Google. Go Google. Rain, California. It does happen. <laughs> my wife said
3: that, the, that Pokemon Go was showing rain <laughs> while she was playing.
0: Uh, morning, and it was clear. I was like, why is this happening?
2: Mm, weird. People still play that game.
3: Yeah, every now and then. <laughs> and my wife is
0: still addicted to it. Uh, he's still playing
1: it. I, 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 I it. use
0: it as a reason to walk. That's good. Just to keep myself yeah. from getting bored by walking. It's just a little bit of task-oriented exercise. I mean, you then. could
2: like listen to podcasts or something.
3: I do that.
0: There you that's
2: my. That's
3: that's I, I do that in the car when I'm walking mm-hmm. past your apartment.
2: That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> well, that's creepy.
3: Only <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening oh. to you only ever. Oh, as I walk well, That's creepy. Your but I didn't know you lived here. Oh, that's even weirder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that is. <laughs> yeah, I live two streets over.
1: Oh wow, so this is real close. Yeah, to you. I walked over. Here. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
3: So I'll be outside your door. Great. Pretty much everything. Good you to know.
1: Come on and be like, oh, yeah.
2: let's,
0: go. let's get it. Is that Peter Gabriel playing? <laughs> is that
2: All right. Do <laughs> <You're> rise. <right. laughs> uh, mm-hmm, uh. Okay. Before I get murdered, do you want to intro the show?
0: Yeah. Were was we, that our banter? Was that our <laughs> banter up <laughs> here? That was just it. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're a tricky bastard. That was just
2: it. It was very natural <laughs> until you mentioned it, what it was. Hey, guys. And now I have to edit this part no, out. No, no, you
0: no. Keep, you keep the awkward naming of the banter. Hey, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Experience Pointers. We are a trio of RPG gamers uh, here to talk about different aspects of GMing and playing RPGs and maybe offer up some helpful tips or suggestions that you can bring into your own home games. My name is Jordan. I'm Megan. And I'm Garab, And we are joined tonight by a very special guest. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell them who you are, special guest? Uh, I'm special guest Scott Woodard. Hello, everybody. That's his official title. Oh, so official. so um, I think we should get started with a little let's get to know special guest Scott Woodard. Yeah, I think uh, so. So, um, Scott, if you wouldn't mind, uh, why don't you tell our listeners kind of what you do, some of the things you've been working on recently, uh, any of your philosophy,
3: whatever you want to talk about. Give them a little taste of Scott. All right. Well, I was uh, born in a small town. Oh, sorry, that's <laughs> going too far. It's okay. We got uh, nothing but time. Yeah, <laughs> loads of it. So yeah, I, uh, I'm the brand, or was the brand manager and lead writer on the Savage World of Flash Gordon role playing game, Woo-hoo. which uh, for Pinnacle Entertainment <laughs> Group. Thank you for the woo. Yeah, um, that's what I'm here for. For I mean, Savage, Savage Worlds. Uh, that was kickstarted last year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully a lot of you guys supported it. We really appreciate it if you did. Um, And, uh, yeah, so PDFs are in people's hands right now, and the print materials will be coming out about June-ish, so everybody will have them in time for Gen Gen Con, uh, which will be very exciting. I'll be running some games at Gen Con, actually, so if you're making it out for that, you can get in some Flash Gordon uh, action uh, at the convention. That That sounds cool. And then, uh, currently, I I also wrote the Six-Gun role-playing game, uh, based on the Oni Press comic book, which is a weird Western RPG, Hmm. again for Savage Worlds, and again for Pinnacle Entertainment Group. And I am currently writing some new material for that oh. uh, to be published in a deluxe c- uh, hardcover collection of some new uh, Oni, or rather, rather some Oni Press Six-Guns comics. They're going to be putting it together in, in a real nice hardcover edition, and we're going to have some cool. game content in there. So. Yeah, that's Neat. Awesome. That's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, I read the first volume of the Six-Gun comic, and it's a, it's a really cool world. So. It's fantastic, yeah. yeah. So it's good stuff. So I'm always busy. I've worked on a lot of other stuff. Uh, Kids on bikes. I wrote an adventure for that mm. one. Um, <laughs> what else have I done? It becomes a big blur.
1: Yeah, I get uh,
3: that. So yeah, I mean, Perfect. you wrote
0: just just a fun, really cool side thing, didn't you? Didn't you write a script for a Doctor Who audio drama as well? Uh, three
3: Doctor Who audio <laughs> <Doctor> Who dramas. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. One with Colin Baker. One with Paul McGann. Uh, oh, I Paul wrote. Yes, yeah, yeah, like Absolution. Man. He was great. Um, and then I also wrote uh, an episode of a miniseries uh, biography of uh, Davros called I Davros. And oh, I wrote cool. the fourth episode, which is effectively the immediate prequel to Genesis of the Daleks. So I have oh, stuff cool. in mind. That does carry over into the televised Genesis of the Dollar.
2: That's awesome! Isn't that cool, girl? That's
1: really
3: cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're, uh, not, a Dr. <laughs> You're uh, not a Doctor Who <laughs> fan.
2: Me <laughs> and the three other people who listen to this who aren't are like, what are you talking about? It's so, yes,
3: really cool. Just, I wrote those. I
2: trust um, you. No, that's like that's like professional level yeah. nerd yeah. stuff. Was, like, was, you have like like <laughs> made it. Like I and wish. You mean
0: that in the most. I do.
2: Way no, I do. I absolutely do. Like if I had my name as a credit for any of those things, like I'd be super proud of that. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's. That's really cool, and all of this is 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 just to say that that Scott definitely has some really great storytelling chops. Like Scott, Scott <laughs> knows his way around writing some cool stuff, which is great because that's sort of what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's sort of always what we're talking about, but more specifically tonight. And Garab, this was sort of your. Bring child, mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing tonight. So why don't you introduce this little creative exercise to everybody? Okay. And come up with a cool name for it, like on the fly, <laughs> something catchy that we'll be able to like. It's very hashtagable.
1: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: really good pod like episode name. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Really good caliber. Stuff. Yeah, and been, been, uh, no uh, pressure. Right, go and for it. it. Already, uh, uh, yeah. This this uh, se- uh, segment, I don't know what to call it anymore. Uh, is uh, what happened to the beans? Hashtag, uh, hashtag what happened to the beans? Okay. This all is right. what you wanted. This is just, what you wanted. I just, I just, I'm tentatively on board.
1: No, Jordan, and I just went and saw Tyler Rhodes and in Into the Woods. So now all I can think <laughs> of is Into the Woods. So oh. if you know that musical, you know exactly what I'm talking
2: about. Um, yeah. I, I would love to explain what it is about. But first, well, you want to talk about our sponsor?
0: Uh, no, we, actually, I was unable to secure sponsorship, uh, this week, and I thought, I didn't want to eat into any of Scott's intro time, uh, talking about a sponsor. Listen, it's been rough. (laughs) I haven't had a lot of time to really pound the pavement and Uh get a sponsor for us this week, uh, uh, because, of course, our last one pulled out.
2: If you don't have a sponsor, why are you here? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, well, it was my turn to do the intro, so I thought that I could do that, and then afterwards, I would Uh leave. Uh
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: You know what? You should just introduce the thing. Just do that. We'll just move on right to the thing, Garopp. Come on. Okay.
2: Here's the thing. Uh, Don't show me up like this. Actions and consequences. That's actions and consequences of what we're talking about. Um, So we've all played an RPG game uh, in our lives where you... (laughs) (laughs) Once or twice. (laughs) What? Just once or twice, right? Uh, We should do
3: a podcast
2: about
1: (laughs) that. Oh, good idea!
2: Guys, we're getting off track. Um... We've all played a game where uh, things didn't go according to plan, and I'm sure we've also all run a game where things didn't go according to plan. I
0: mean, that's the definition of running a game.
2: Right, and sometimes the GM, you plan on, you build a kingdom or uh, even even like a village or something, and there's something happening there, and you want them to solve it, and you want them to solve it in a very particular way, which is a very closed-minded way of dealing with a situation, but... Uh, some most of the times players do it in a very different way and you have to deal with that mm-hmm. and at the same time I think as a as a good GM you should react to that uh, the same way you should react to it and build your world around that instead of just making it like this is uh, exactly what happens when they solve this encounter. It should be based around how they solve it. Well,
0: it's kind of the difference between a static world that's just like resting and waiting for the PCs to come into earshot to burst into life, or a world that is organic and like actually moving when they're not present, mm-hmm. uh, and and also moves in reaction to them when appropriate, so that it feels like they're inhabiting and affecting a you know a place with stakes. And reality to it, as opposed to just a playground for them to come in and just break stuff and take things or, or do whatever. I mean, if that's the kind of game you're running. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. <coughs> hold for hold for Megan's comment.
1: I, I was trying, kept talking.
0: Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got I got off on a stream. But uh, how would you like us to explore this tonight, Garab?
2: Okay, so I thought it'd be a really fun exercise, uh, and what we're going to do is basically one of us is going to come up with a scenario. Uh, that uh, a, a GM would put in a game. Okay. Uh, and then the next person in line is going to be the player's reaction to that. And I think if for this exercise, make it something not expected. Uh, yeah, make it something not expected. Okay. Um, and then uh, the next two people will be GMs like uh, reacting to that, essentially, like what they do after the fact. So basically, like, if you said, there's a war going on, and the players say, uh, we aid in the war, but help the bad guy win. Like, how do we react to that? How do we say, okay, you hope the bad guy win, didn't expect that, but here's what a- what happens because you did that. Here's logical world building around that. Okay.
0: Sure. So, okay. A complex game of cause and effect is what we're playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you want to start then, Garoff? Yes, I okay. do. So I which direct? On. Hold on, very important. Oh. Oh. Which direction are we moving mm. after so you start? Are we going
2: counterclockwise? Yeah, let's make it easy, so we'll go this way to begin with. Counterclockwise. Okay.
0: All right. All right. So, uh, so you're going you to us know. the situation. Uh huh. And then yes, the viewers at home can see, can how, see we're, how we're how <laughs> we
2: <this, laughs> There's cameras here, right? Uh huh. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, so we, me, uh, grab This is Grub. Uh, then Megan. <laughs> then Scott. Then Jordan is the order okay. we're going in. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a really fun idea that I've been working in my head for how to put in a game, and this is going to be where I where I display it.
0: Ooh. Okay. Uh, okay. A behind the scenes, actually.
2: Yes. Uh, oh. Here it is. Here it is. Um, there is a small town, uh, that contains, um, some sort of artifact of great power. And, uh, no one, no one knows about it until one day strange, like things start happening in this town. And the strangest thing is that people are not waking up from sleeping. In fact, if anybody falls asleep in that, in that town, they just die. They just don't wake up. Okay. They do not wake up. Um, and, uh... People have started, like, this is linked to that artifact, and people have heard stories about this from a long time ago, and, like, something has activated this artifact once more, so you could send players to it, but uh, they have to know that, you know, falling asleep in this town uh, will kill them, you know, it'll kill anybody that falls asleep, and what they probably don't know until they get there, I mean, they probably put it together is, like, if they get knocked unconscious, that's also just death. Okay. Like, they're not getting up no matter what. Okay. Like, they won't realize that, but...
0: Know. Me- Megan is already <laughs> bristling with a great PC reaction I know.
1: I know exactly what my players so are going are to do. So you are the players. They are going to go to this town and go to sleep <laughs> because... Because they think that it's not actually death, but there's actually some, so, mm. like, they're going to some other place, and that's where they have to go to solve this problem.
2: Oh, that's so good. Yep. <laughs> that that, is, is, that is, is not what I would have thought <laughs> <of>. Really?
0: That's <laughs> that exactly in, what I thought of yeah, player... Uh, that is that's not what, what players I thought would do. Of. They'd be like, uh-huh. okay, clearly we have to fall asleep and deal with something <laughs> after we're asleep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, so already, that's you, really you, you <laughs> TPK your party. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just right. killed them, though. I would have just killed them. Oh, my. You goofs.
0: Okay. All right. So, um,. <laughs> the, the one thing they should not do is fall asleep, so they immediately fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so
3: Scott, as the GM, who has dealt with this curveball, uh, what? How would you handle it? Well, if it was me, I'm, I'm not going to just immediately kill my characters. So suddenly you have to you have to change things up a little bit. So yeah, you have to follow what the characters, to follow their lead, and now you have to change your plot slightly. It's not killing them; mm-hmm. it's putting them into some into another plane. It's putting them into another state of consciousness. And maybe then you can just sort of pick the adventure right up with this altered state mm-hmm. uh, or existence in another plane where they can then resolve the, the adventure from there. And you check out your whole idea of the relic killing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what else you can do unless you're good. It's like the mouth in the, you know, in the Tomb of Horrors. It's like, sure, I've had players just all climb through there. And And just get disintegrated. And And at that point, actually, for that adventure, it was like, okay, you guys, you're all dead. (laughs) But I don't think it would work if if it was literally, you're going to the town now, and okay, we're all going to go to sleep.
0: yeah, Or
3: bash each other on the head, whatever the case was.
0: Okay, so so, um, in that case, we've sort of changed it to make what the player's idea was correct. They are not actually dying. They are, in fact, transported somewhere else. And then they deal with solving whatever is going on that you kind of have to make up <laughs> on the fly, maybe. Or maybe you can still keep it uh, related to the artifact if you're, if you're dead set on that. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, because that's a very good idea and that's probably what I would do too. But if I have to come up with something different than what Scott said, I would say uh, maybe, since I love splitting the party, maybe <laughs> they start to fall asleep, but they are interrupted Uh, By someone a a kind stranger who sees them and and comes in to try and stop them But half of them are super heavy sleepers and actually did fall asleep and they die and they go to the underworld and they are dealing with all of the other souls from this place that are trapped in uh, Some localized prison in the underworld and they're trying to figure out what's going on and what's keeping them there meanwhile the other two who were prevented from falling asleep are dealing with the artifact in the real world, and maybe the uh, uh, the efforts of both teams are sort of affecting what's happening in different places. And mm-hmm. they have to work together from both sides in order to free the trapped souls of all of the villagers, and they're missing comrades as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's maybe somewhere I would go. With I like it. that a lot. That's cool. If I had to come up with a different thing than what Scott said. Yeah, and further. another
3: cool option might be <laughs> so that they actually they all say they're going to go to sleep, but one of them for some reason cannot sleep. Mm-hmm. You say, you know, it's, it's like a caffeine rush, you know, mm. whatever the case is, there's for some reason they're not able to sleep and they realize that once their other friends fall asleep and they're in a state of semi-consciousness and you realize it's these other predatory things are coming into the village and actually feeding mm. on all these people who wow. are asleep and that's yeah. actually what's killing them. It's not so much that they're falling asleep and dying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: That's
3: that could really be cool. another, Yeah. Another. I like that. I like yeah. that
2: too. That's really cool. All right.
0: Okay. Or you could just immediately be like, all right, you guys died. That's what I told you would happen, so I guess we'll yeah. have new characters. Right, so let's yeah. start somewhere else. <laughs> Off you go. Okay, all right. I think that's that's a good way to start. So, who should we move on to an, a new scenario? Should Megan make uh, yeah. a scenario? Yeah, now? Megan will go next. Okay. We'll make a scenario. Scott
2: will uh, be the players, and okay. me and you will figure out how to GM. Uh, react to that. All right, cool. All right,
0: I'll start thinking. Okay, then.
1: think up scenario out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. and go surprise. <laughs> uh, okay, let's say that there is a city that is um, basically controlled by one like uh, rich noble. Okay, uh, and has like an iron fist on this city, and the people of the city are. They're dying because this, this man is just taking all of their money. He's not um, helping them in any way. He's just taxing them to death, basically. Um, and the city, the town has scraped together all they can to hire the, your party to come and take care of this guy. But there's like, um, there are all these uh, weird rumors about this guy having like powers and just being completely untouchable. So uh, the party uh, has been called in to go and see if they can take care of
0: this guy and fix the city. So the Magnificent Seven.
1: <laughs> okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> no, no, it sounds great. I love it. I love it.
2: Yeah.
1: It was right on the spot, so I thought that was pretty good. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. Okay. clears
3: throat> <laughs> how would the players react to that? I mean, it's, is it an assassination? I mean, it's, just seems Mm. like it could be something as extreme as that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Or, or I probably, I would probably want my players to immediately sort of go underground first, as opposed to just going straight at the, at the villain. Mm -hmm. So to start to ask around and start to go into the sewers and and figure out what's really, really happening. And if there's maybe another way of going at this, Uh, it's an intelligence gathering thing Mm. and suddenly instead of we're off to to attack or kill um now you've got a a totally different type of adventure in the sense that now we're going to actually spend some time going in places that you never thought we were going to go in because now we're not just going to march over and start throwing arrows or whatever that we're doing so that's that's kind of the way i would go Mm
1: -hmm. okay
2: so so your player's intention just to be clear is basically to try not to kill him unless they Completely have to do some end.
3: investigation. Yeah, yes. have to do some significant. Get the laser laser. Figure
2: it out first yes. if they can't. So they
0: were hired by these poor townsfolk to mm-hmm. come in and take care of this guy Who is just ruining their lives mm-hmm. and your players decide they need a little more information first Which was very wise of them because the more they start to dig and the more they start to look into things The more they realize there's something really weird about the townsfolk. They seem somehow like I, I don't know Something seems off. They seem maybe tied to this place in a weird way and they start to uncover the fact that this guy isn't actually subjugating them and, and, and ruining their lives. He's actually the only thing that's keeping them trapped in this place because these townsfolk are in reality a cadre of demons that have been tied to this location by, by this, this sorcerer who, as long as he lives and maintains his place in this keep, keeps all of them trapped within the confines of this town. And the party starts to realize that not only do they not need to take this guy out, they need to help find a way to free him from being trapped here as this eternal guardian of all of these demons that he's tying to a place. Mm-hmm. That would be. I love
1: flipping expectations like that. Yeah. It no, cool. was kind of half in my head, too. <laughs> mm,
0: okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, now do something
0: different, Garab. Not that
2: at all. Not that. Okay. Uh, so do the same thing. <laughs> as they are investigating further, uh, they find that the townspeople are correct. He is sort of being this uh, aristocratic. Uh, Douchebag. Stealer of money. I was going to say douchebag, but we are PG. Um, I think we can talk about it as a
0: product in a, in a PG manner. That's
2: he true. is literally a giant... uh summer's eve So they, they find out that yeah, he is stealing all their money. He's sending guards out to take all of their money. Uh, but the reason he's doing it is because he literally needs it to live. He has Is there been money? he has been cursed mm. and has to eat money to survive. Oh no! And so when they finally get to his palace or whatever, like they're like they go to his vault and it's empty. They're like, what? What's he doing with this money? He's not like buying anything. And they just find him like on his throne, like weeping and eating <laughs> coins because he's been like <laughs> cursed to do so, or he's going okay. to die. And he, I mean, he he's he's a coward and didn't know what else to do except to, to steal money until like either this illness illness went away or like. The curse went away. He didn't know. He was just an idiot. Uh, so then they—it's th- upon them to to be like, well, do we kill him or do we try to figure out how to like cure him? Okay. He's so tragic.
0: Yeah. In a way, but he's also he's also a summer's eve douchebag. though. So <laughs> yes. like, you you put them into a moral quandary now. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I would play. I would happily play in either one of those adventures. Mm-hmm. Right. Sounds fun. Sounds okay. Fun. All right. Let's. All right. We're firing now. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, let's do it. it. All right. So Scott.
3: Comes up with the situation. Mm-hmm. I'll come up with the PC reaction, and you two come up with the wrinkle. Ready. The wrinkles. Cool. So the funny thing is, is that you guys already touched on some ideas I had, so I've got to kind of <laughs> okay. dash to the side Redirect. Here. No worries. So um, a very, very simple one. So you have a fishing village, and suddenly the, the head of the, of the village comes down and orders that no more fishing can take place in this village. The thing is, the entire village economy. Is based upon the fishing of, uh, that they do, um, and it's as simple as that. What is it that the here, that the players um, are going to do? Because no one knows about this guy who's suddenly telling everybody that they have to stop with with everything that's bringing in their money and their fortunes and their food um, without reason. Mm. So just kind of an open-ended thing like that. Okay. All right. So they can't fish anymore. And I'm just curious to see what you get. Sure.
0: <laughs> so the PCs come in, and uh, you've got maybe a ranger and a druid in the party, and they're like, okay... Well, you know, there's a lot of ways to catch and, and hunt food. Like maybe these guys just don't know how to hunt and trap. So we'll come in and we'll teach them that. We'll teach them how to skin and sell that. We'll just shift their economy. If they're not going to fish, then we'll just teach them this other thing. There's got to be wildlife around here somewhere that they can hunt and trap. So we'll just we'll just teach them to do that. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. <laughs> On okay. a shortcut through your hedge maze, GM. <laughs> okay,
2: okay, all right. Well, uh, so you do that for say a week or so. And uh, it turns out that uh, they start hunting the prey of other animals, much larger beasts in those forests, and they don't like that. So one of them, uh, let's say a mm, a giant, no, I was going to say bear, but bears aren't that threatening, right? Mm. Dire
0: bears are. Mm, owl bears.
1: I'm gonna
2: say a T-Rex. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you no,
0: know, that jumps yeah, several like steps. bear, a T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna say yeah. We didn't we didn't decide where this was. That's right. the hierarchical
0: Kong. order of
2: natural predators. <laughs> Not bear. T-Rex. Correct. T-Rex right above bear. Uh, just a, a large lizard dinosaur uh, just marches into uh, the uh, village and starts just destroying
0: homes. Does it march into the village or does it Godzilla into the village? It's not that big. Come on.
3: but can't got, Maybe the
0: village is small. It
3: marches with a little drum.
0: Yeah, give me this.
3: Give us a drum. That is cute.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be able to do that. It's a T Rex. Well, it's a
0: very small <laughs> drum. It keeps it right there. Like a
1: but it would have to have two drums
0: if it's that small. We're all Bungos. doing uh, yes. tiny T Rex hands right now in case you we can't see what we're You're doing. You're missing
1: it. That will be our gift for yeah. this evening.
2: Yeah. Tiny T Rex <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, that's that's mine i would have i would have the wildlife fight back essentially okay so um, they have to figure out maybe trouble sorting yeah they would either have to figure out how to get rid of that or okay. find a different route altogether
1: okay okay all right so i think whenever the players came in to say oh well, we'll just teach you how to hunt yeah so they would find that there uh there are no animals of any kind there's nothing to hunt in the forest um, and I think
0: that, of course the GM does this. You know, he always does this every time we try to come up with a different way of doing things. <laughs> just nothing. There just are animals.
1: But that would end up being what the story is about. I don't necessarily know what the big reveal would end up being, but I, I think, uh, I, I think it would be one of those things where it's like, okay, then why, did, why is this person not allowing them to fish? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's. And then, and then mm-hmm. I think it would be about discovering the reason. And I think it personally would be more interesting for the, the reason not to be like some just malicious douchebag mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like uh, it was some way to protect – the people, or, or, you know, because there was some other outside force that had come in and was demanding something, but he couldn't share with the town, or whatever. It'd be something like that, and so the party would have to go through the process, and of course, you'd be thinking your big boss was this guy in the town who told them no more fishing, but it'd actually be somebody else behind him, type thing.
0: Sure. (laughs) Uh, Well, go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to say, on that note, sometimes as a GM, I worry that my on-the-spot decisions like that, in reaction to the players, which can sound a little vague sometimes, even to me. I, I'm, I'm worried that they're not going to be meaty enough, but i found that if you just kind of intimate things, if you just sort of hint at uh, a larger thing, you can take time between that session and the next one to kind of fill in the gaps. Like, you let them know something's not quite there, you have the, the skeleton of an idea there, and then you can sure. flesh it out between... That session and the next one, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and so like that can be enough. You don't have to be worried about like having to come up with an encyclopedic uh, knowledge of what's going on on the spot. Sure,
1: and I'm thinking about each of these as like one session or one you know episode, so not necessarily something that mm-hmm. would continue on. But yes, yes, sure. yes, If it can, if it continued on, but yeah. My original idea
3: was that there's a T Rex in the water. Oh, well, that wow. makes
1: sense. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. So hey. you were nailing. Nicely nicely done. Done. how you did.
2: got it. T Rex. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. All right. So is my turn to come with this uh, situation? Mm-hmm. Yes. This is a very near and dear uh, topic of discussion to my <clears throat> heart because this is a problem I struggled with a lot as a beginning uh, DM. Oh. And I think we talked about before on the podcast, uh, the one night I was running a session and I had my players come across this like very scary, for- foreboding door, mm-hmm. and and they were like, oh, man, that seems really scary. We don't want to go in there. And I was like like, I just stopped, and I was like, uh, guys, I really, I don't have anything else planned. Anymore. So could you please go through the door, and then we can do that stuff, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. But I felt like such a... I you
2: described like, it too well. I
0: know, I guess. Um, but that was something I really struggled with, um, and so I'm gonna give a scenario from one of the first adventures that I ever ran, uh, and this is something that you'll probably run into as, uh, as a GM at one point or another, especially if you're running any sort of dungeon-delving thing. So here's the situation. There is an Orcus chieftain underneath the town in the natural caverns that uh, feed the spring water for the town. And he, at the behest of his dark god, is is casting some sort of hex on the water to poison it and weaken the people. Uh, nobody knows that, so the PCs go underground to explore this cavern and find out what the, the source of the poisoning is. But they clear out the entire dungeon complex except for the one room that the boss is in. They don't know that. They just do all that sort of by accident. They're like, oh man, we really need to go and rest. So we're going to leave and go back to town uh, and spend a night at the inn and then come back here tomorrow and finish up. So what I did in that situation is I just had the guy waiting in the room for them to come back the next day, and he was like, "Ah, oh, here you are. Let's fight." <laughs> when in reality, probably because none of his henchmen were reporting to him, and everything got really quiet, he'd be like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Something would change. I didn't change anything uh, because I was just starting out, and I didn't know what else to do. But what what would your PCs uh, do in in that case? Um, I didn't give you a lot of room. I already described what the yeah. PCs did.
2: So where would I take up? Where would I start? Like, what? Uh, basically, we cleared the dungeon. And they
0: cleared the dungeon, and, go back and, and and they decide to leave and go back and rest. Did they know there was one more place to no, go? No, no. It was just another door that they hadn't opened. Uh, for all they know, there's way more dungeon in there. So it wasn't like a purposeful thing. Like, we gotcha. should wait and prepare before we fight this last thing. They just were like, ah, we're getting pretty tired after fighting all these things in this dungeon. Mm-hmm. Let's leave and then come back later
2: uh well this one's tough because uh you you kind of like you said you already, described yeah, I already it. You, yeah, so I already unless realized. i went back in time and said like the, the overlying problem where the water's being poisoned something underground is doing it what do you do mm-hmm. like that's a place i can maybe start at as a player
0: i actually i'm very curious now at this point to see how the three of you would react to that situation instead since i already uh, sort of told you <clears throat> what your players do oh view. okay so let's, oh, oh, i guess see i you ruined said. your step i did
1: let's do that since this is sort of a specific thing mm-hmm. let's let's this, I like is very,
0: this is a very vulnerable situation say, for me to be in
1: let's say what we would have what maybe we would do instead and then we can go back and you can give a different scenario and we can
2: continue on. Okay. okay does that work sure i okay. like that okay. okay uh so what would i do um they're coming back a day later um i i would probably make him just run i would probably be like okay all my guards are dead uh poisoning the town for my god was great i killed probably a few people but i'm going to die they're probably going to come back and kill me uh the smartest thing to do now is probably set a trap and run so he'll set a trap in that one room they didn't go to yeah uh and just run just get out of there as fast as he can yeah that makes a lot of sense -hmm. that's the logical way to take that
1: um, not punishing the players for making a decision. I think it'd be really easy to be like, oh, you want to go back to the village right now? Okay, fine. Yeah, you do that. And then whenever you come back, the you're going to have to do it all again. <laughs> like, I feel like there's...
0: He's hired new guys. He's hired hmm. new
1: guys. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what I would want to be careful with. But my instinct is to sort of do something like that. I mean, if, if you go in and... Just to me, logically, if you go in and you kill a bunch of things and you don't finish that and you leave, there are gonna be consequences if mm-hmm. you want to go back. Like the world will mm-hmm. change. Right. Most likely, he I think that he would be prepared for something, be like, uh, what has happened here? I need to find some more people, or we're gonna move our whole operation further upstream. They'd have to start their investigation all again, or we're going to like lie and wait and see if these people come back. Or actually, what I like even better, this is what I would do. Um, this guy would track them down and go to the village and attack the village. Ooh, okay. That's what he
0: would do. Okay. Really? Try and take them in the middle of the night when yeah. they're asleep and thinking wow. they're going to rest up. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, that's yeah. what
1: he would do. Okay. Yeah. Without, again, not, I'm not wanting to go down the path of being like, well, I'm going to punish you for making a stupid decision because that's not, that would not necessarily be my goal, but I could see how that line could potentially get blurred. I guess it depends upon the relationship you have with your players.
3: Sure. What is the poisoning, what is the benefit to him? Of, of poisoning this village?
0: Um, the benefit is just, like, I'm You're I'm honoring bad. my orcish god of chaos. So these are
3: sacrifices?
0: Um, these, these are just, like, this is just defiling something pure and okay. causing, like, malicious... Uh, it was a module that I found, and it didn't go into details, and I didn't think to really fill anything in. You know? I was like, yeah, there's a bad guy. They're
3: going to go kill him. Well, what you do. I mean, it would be a combination of some of the stuff you talked about. As far as I'm concerned, this guy would go, like you said... Nobody's reporting into me what's happened. <laughs> Go off, goes off, explores, discovers all of these slain henchmen everywhere. Sure. And then launches his freaking doomsday device. <laughs> now it's oh, like, God. no, screw this place. And, he, and now whatever he's doing to poison the water, it's 300% higher. higher mm-hmm. So that when the people do come back, the village is pretty much now poisoned and wiped out. And they have consequences now. Now they realize we really screwed up. We should have gone into that Mm -hmm. dungeon and and not gone off and had a nap. Sure, sure. So that's what I would do. Maybe he would run off too. Yeah, and and maybe leave some clues as to where he wanted to to, to carry on to the next adventure. But now it's a matter of okay, we have to help the survivors of this village. Maybe get them out of there because the wells are all poisoned. And it becomes a totally different adventure.
0: I I kind of like a mixture of all of these things. Like I think now what I might do, as a more seasoned GM than I was then, is uh, I, I like the aspect of like trapping that one room. But I think I would go even further. Like he goes out and he finds everyone's been killed. He's like, okay, I'm just one guy and I don't know the power level of these people yet. I haven't met them. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to trap this entire dungeon. I'm going to make them fight bitterly through spikes and uh, scythes and whatever I can put up in one night to get back to this room, and then I'm not going to be there. I'm going (laughs) to leave them a mocking message, and I'll be gone. And then I would set that guy up to be sort of like from, from just this kind of like thuggish, low-level cleric. I'd mm-hmm. set him up to be this cunning, ongoing antagonist. Why are you not your head sounds like that? sounds so...
1: You- that sounds like something right out of my other
0: cards. And then I would, I would make my players hate him <clears throat> so much because they're like, Oh, we took so much damage disarming all those traps, and he's not even here. <laughs> oh, what a, what a
1: jerk. Yeah. I will say, though, and uh, I'm not sure... I, I'm guessing that this game... I'm pretty sure this is true... That in this game, the players were also fairly new to RPGs. They were. Because that sounds like a new player decision, too. Sure. To, to go, well, we've done most of the dungeon. We need to sleep so that we can gain our regain our spell slots or whatever it was at the time. And, uh, and then we'll come back refreshed. Yeah. That's not really a logical decision, I feel like. that, and, and, and I don't want to make a judgment. I'm not really trying to put a judgment upon that. But that just sounds like, a different kind of approach than I feel like I would see playing with more seasoned
0: RPGers. But, you know, everybody plays in different ways, and some people people think about it from just a, like, strategic, tactical point of view. They're like, we've got to recoup resources.
1: But that's what I'm trying to say about that, though, is I feel like you're putting a lot of the, oh, I did this wrong onto you, whereas everybody was kind of new there and was making decisions more based upon tactics Mm -hmm. in the game system as opposed to what makes sense in the logical world. So to come back at new players with a, well, this is a logical world consequences. Sure. Yes. Now, okay. having yes. said that, one of the first, and I think I've mentioned this game before, but we were playing champions in college with our, this guy um, <clears throat> who was jamming. And uh, we were a bunch of superheroes, and you know, we fought this big battle in the city and destroyed half the city in the process. and then but uh, we stopped
0: the giant monster. We stopped
1: the giant monster. And after that, the, the city comes to us, and they're like, you have destroyed the city. How are you going to handle this? we are very mad at you and <laughs> and we were all like that was my first realization of like oh, consequences yeah. and that to me was one of the big defining moments of the way I approach RPGs so there's what I'm saying is but our GM handled it really well because this, did. this
0: he Lex did. Luthor type person stepped up and was like hey no these guys saved the city I'll pay to restore all this and then we were sort of in his pocket yeah. um, which uh-huh. was really cool like he he did a great yeah. thing with that so guys thank you for helping me settle a personal theme <laughs> Thing no problem, okay. Well, you know, the other
3: day, because it was probably second edition too, right? Oh, uh, no. no? <laughs> it's 25, okay. yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say is, is. It, it has all the hallmarks of that sort of old school yeah. dungeon. It's like why is why is everybody just chilling out in the room? They stay in their
0: one <laughs> yeah. room. This is the room that the ooze is in, and it's right next door to the goblins. <laughs> so the goblins never go in the ooze room; <laughs> they just wait
3: in the goblin room.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, that's it's what I knew thing. at that point. Right. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's a
3: union thing. Yeah, because that's go in a, the ooze room. That's the other thing too. Is if you were to sort of upgrade that adventure, I would make that this dungeon is actually this elaborate machine that's processing the chemical mm, the that's always really cool oh, yeah. so oh, you can oh, kind yeah. of actually arrest elements of it as you're moving through there and you know oh. stop you know cut down pipes and, sure. and yeah. stuff like that and that would even lead more to a reason to go into the center cuz now you know everything is pumping out of this one central yeah Cog. Yeah, that's really cool. And
2: then when you when you do all that, it's just like a very like business like orc. He's like, "What? I'm starting a business? Come on! (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: my poison business,
2: Business guys. It's (laughs) snurf! Come on, I'm gonna do living. I can't (laughs) set up a fruit cart. No one's gonna buy fruit from an orc. (laughs) What cabbages? Um,
1: Okay, so let's let's do one more. Should we?
0: Do we have have time? Or we have time for one more? Okay, Okay, one more real quick. I'm gonna take it to a different genre. I'm gonna do western. (laughs) No, no,
3: (laughs) different genre,
0: Scott. I live in Western. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do some cyberpunk, um, which is not which is not my forte. But I'm, as we said, we've been watching Altered Carbon, so um, so the the PCs are hired by this uh, rich businessman to go and steal a piece of proprietary technology that has been stolen from him through corporate espionage by a rival corporation. It's being held in a secure vault. Um, they go to steal it and are met with. There, the guy who hired them, his nemesis, who owns the rival corporation, and he explains that he's going to use this chip to do great things and help humanity. He's going to use this technology for good. His rival just wants money. So they have to choose, you know, do they want the money? Or do they want to, like, allow this guy to keep the technology and then maybe have this other rich business guy on their tail for forever um, if they let the the seemingly benevolent uh, nemesis of their their boss keep this chip? Uh, so what do the PCs do in that situation, which is probably a third option that I didn't think of when I was <coughs> yeah. setting this session up.
2: Definitely. Uh, so that guy that's explaining everything, they murder him outright. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then they... Hold that piece of technology ransom. Okay. Essentially, using that corporate office as like their uh, holdout they're until bonkers. they get until they get what they want, which is like transportation, uh, guaranteed pay, and everything else, like everything fixed. Like if it's really that powerful and can do all these things, like they're gonna contact like all like health organizations and be like, you guys can use this.
0: So is they that- they they kill the benevolent businessman mm-hmm. and then they hold the chip for ransom. And, and start contacting all of these people, and they're like, highest bidder can get this, but yeah. you have to meet our demands. So yeah. they're trying to trigger a bidding war yeah. over, okay, all right, these are some business-savvy PCs. Huh.
1: <laughs> Interesting, yes. Um, <clears throat> so I think, so, okay, so they've killed the benevolent one, but they haven't done anything to the original guy,
2: right? Uh, what if they held, them? Him for ran- held that guy for ransom, too? No, I said kill. They killed
0: him. They killed the benevolent. They guy. killed yeah, they him. Straight, straight up murdered the him. The first guy they. For not having no, no,
2: no. He's the one who sent them on
0: the, He's
1: the mission. He's not there, him. so. Okay. I assume. But, but, they've taken the chip and, like, beyond what that guy asked them to do, right? The original guy. They're doing something. Yeah, he else. wanted okay. them to
2: bring it back, I saw. Right. Yeah. But they, they okay. haven't even left the room of the so guy they killed. Yeah. They're okay. just hold out okay. in that same they room. They murdered the guy. They're holding on They're holding the chip in the high tech And they're contacting everybody they can. Yeah. So
1: I think what would happen is um, the uh, w- w- the the benevolent guy that they murdered and the guy who hired them are not actually nemesis. They're actually working together. Uh, to what means, I'm not sure at this point. But, um, we'll get there later on. We'll get there later on. on. Don't you worry, it'll be great. Um, and uh, and so the guy who originally hired them learns what they've done. And this guy is way more powerful than they expe- expected. So whether or not the PCs killed this benevolent guy or are holding him for ransom the uh, original businessman has gone out and has uh, found their families and Ooh. is uh, going to start killing them Ooh. and uh, unless they get this chip back. And so cool. now it's a moral quandary between mm-hmm. whether or not they care about their families enough or this money. Even worse
0: if someone has already contacted them interested in buying that technology and they've Mm -hmm. all but settled the the sale but now they can't give it to this person and they end up maybe getting in the middle of like a three-way firefight. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Interesting. Oh, I like that.
3: Okay. (laughs) And for a different take. Except for the twist is (laughs) that the benevolent guy was actually not the benevolent guy. So the one that they killed is not the actual guy. He's actually somebody (laughs) who's undergone extensive plastic surgery to to resemble that guy. So the other one is still alive. And he is actually trying to use the the heroes as pawns in a far more elaborate game, which would go on for several sessions (laughs) um, in order to take down the other guy and acquire more technology that he has hidden away. Mm. Uh, But, of course, for weaponizing it. Right,
2: right. Okay. Yeah, oh,
3: interesting. Like okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of corporate espionage in cyberpunk,
0: huh? Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: That is a yeah. that that's why I prefer it when there are elves and I like Shadowrun better, if it's yeah. sure, Cyberpunk. Yeah. So then so then the CEOs are all elves. Yeah, yeah and some one of them has to be a dragon. Right. Okay, oh, that's sure. very important. Right. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> right. Alright, <laughs> so yeah, that's just kind of like a, a, a for example of different ways that you can that you can make the PC's consequences have weight uh-huh. and make the world feel reactive to them even if things go absolutely, completely akimbo uh, and and are not at all what you planned them to be originally or hoped that they would be, mm-hmm. um, think of it as a gift and see if you can make uh, the world wrap around your uh, PCs instead of trying to force them back onto the rigid track that, that you had outlined ahead of time. That is
1: really something that, before I was going to run my first one and only game, uh, as a GM, <clears throat> that you said to to me, that Jordan said to me, I'm pointing at Jordan, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, you know, that you're yes, you've created the world, but it's not all on your shoulders. It's, yeah. you've got these players' minds here, and you can utilize it, and very much like uh, improv training or acting training, it's what, you're giving gifts, you're passing gifts back and forth, and I have really found that true, so to me... It's it's makes your job so much easier to pull, to 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 run a game that way in going oh okay this is what they're gonna do great this pops something to mind that maybe turns out to be even better than what you originally had planned so I don't I I find so much benefit in doing something like that it's really what I enjoy mm-hmm. more than anything else
3: yeah mm-hmm. this this was a really fun exercise yeah I like this exercise yeah you guys can do this at home you can you yeah can.
2: get your friends <laughs> together but, yeah
0: but you know practice thinking about things in in different sit- like practice. What what was the the quote we saw recently? Uh, when you're GMing, prep less and listen more.
1: Yes, that was from uh, I think it was Chris Perkins. I think so. I think mm, I yeah. saw him say that on Twitter. It was in response to something else, but I really really liked that, and I I really really agree with that because I have been in I have experienced a handful of jams that do the opposite, or even the prep is mm-hmm. not the point, but they just it's the lack of listening, and that the more I play, that is just a death sentence to me. As a player. And you know what, that's
3: another reason why, I'm just going to have to plug it, I'm sorry. But it's another reason why I love Savage Worlds, Yeah, is because the the GM has to be be attentive to what the players are adding to the game in order to actually give them bennies and reward them for their efforts. And Mm -hmm. I think any kind of game that has that kind of a uh, sort of a beneficial aspect to it is great because you, you are forced to listen to what your players are coming up with. Yeah. yeah. And you're honoring it. And you're yeah. saying, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do really like that. I I think that's a great way. I mean the fact that the system itself lends itself to that, I think it's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so Scott, if you're cool with it, before we wrap up here, could we just ask you a quick lightning round of questions? Sure. Lightning round. Um and then and we just kinda want to pick your brain just a little bit. Oh god. And just get some and don't worry, it won't hurt. We're very gentle. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is going Why to... Why do you have a
0: scalpel? Uh,
1: oh, don't mind that. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's T-Rex related.
1: <laughs> this is going to replace our question, question of the so So, so, so.
0: We really need to spring for an echo. Yeah. Eh. Um, okay, so I have a question. Lightning round. What is your <laughs> second favorite RPG system? Se- second favorite? Your second favorite <laughs> of all
3: time. Oh my god, you're putting me on the spot here. I <laughs> know. Um, my second favorite, because I am such an evangelist for Savage Worlds, it's really, really tough. <laughs> I would have a hard time answering yeah. this, question, this question. It is, it's hard, because I mean, I've I played so many. You know, I would, I've probably a toss-up between maybe Unisystem and uh, like BRP, basic mm. role-playing. Okay. I, 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 like I have that. never played either one of those Neither of them. So you've played Call of Cthulhu.
0: Uh, I have, yes, but was so it was that's, BRB. Is, is that that's BRB. Is that BRB? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't
1: know, you, know that. I don't
2: think you guys know what lightning round is. Just, just go. You're supposed to just go <laughs> like one after the I other. I was <laughs> interested in the follow up. It was a follow up lightning round. <laughs> what does it call a lightning round? Just call it like. So that's it. Answer, go. Call it <laughs> <the> lightning follow up. <laughs> question: It's on your, your turbo. Drizzle round or something. Uh, what's your favorite die?
3: My favorite die, D12. Okay.
2: Cool.
3: Oh, oh d stepchild of the day. I just love it. Uh, I love the look of it. I love the feel of it.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, it's useless. What is uh, the best death of a PC you've ever had? Oh, Michael. Of my own? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
3: I'll try to make it quick. It was Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> okay. okay. I had spent an inordinate amount of time creating a character, which is always a mistake with Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I had this great private detective. And I always thought in my mind that, you know, when he goes out, it's going to be a blaze of glory. He's going to be ripped apart by some kind of horrid, you know, elder god or something like that. No, we walked into a room. There was a big, giant, elder, gibbering, mauler thing in the center of a room. And a cultist shot me point blank in the chest with a uh, shotgun. And it was so hugely disappointing. And there was nothing I could do about it. It was like, point blank, you're dead. And it was like, just slowly tearing my character (laughs) sheet. So that that was a bad but turns out he has a twin it's brother. Entertaining. Uh, yeah,
2: uh,
0: um, okay, so my question is what genre in role-playing games do you feel is underutilized? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> like uh, what wow. has so
3: much more meat on the bones that people just really aren't getting into? Oh my gosh! I mean, everything is so well covered. Um, well, now, you know, yeah, you know, maybe uh, it, it's weird because if you think about like genres of of books that have mm-hmm. been around for so long, you know, we've got our fantasy role playing games, we have got sci fi role playing games. We don't really have anything that's mystery that's really straight mystery, and yet if you go into a bookshop, there are shelves and shelves and sections of mystery books. Yeah, how do you make mystery? As a good RPG. Ooh, I love mystery and RPGs. Yeah.
2: We it did Did we do an episode on that?
0: Sort of. We sort of talked so, about. It. We yeah. could probably deep dive
3: further. on. We talked on, about.
1: Worth it. Oh yeah, I don't remember what it was exactly? Yeah, it's, we
3: talked about puzzles. I mean, maybe I like, like fiasco it. and stuff like that, kind of. Sure. sure. Scratch the itch a little bit, but right. I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, that's a that's a good answer. I like yeah, that. Yeah. It's hard to write. It is. Yes. Oh yes. It's hard oh, to GM too. All right.
2: What's your favorite go-to NPC voice? And give us a sample.
3: Oh. Favorite. It's probably one of my crazy old old men. Let's hear, hear <laughs> it. Let's hear Well, everyone, come around, gather now, and I shall tell you the tale of the long forgotten dragon head. Yeah, yes. you gotta have That's a crazy old cool. man voice. voice. Gotta have that in your brain. Well, you can always have a crazy old
0: coot. Cool. Yes. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. That's awesome. All right, Megan.
1: Okay. Final okay. lightning round question. Another question. <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, round. What was the first game you jammed?
3: The very first, uh, it would have been basic D&D. Yeah? Yep. Basic D&D. Going way, way, I'm an old dude, so (laughs) way, way
0: back. Was it uh, an adventure of your own design or did you run a like, published
3: adventure? Um, I think it was a published adventure, and it might have been... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember which one it was. You don't I, remember your first? <laughs> no, I don't remember my first. I, don't remember um, I can't remember, but I'm so sorry. But yeah, it was a published yeah. adventure. Although I'm... Yeah, and I'm sure I followed it to a T, to the letter. Yeah, you know, yeah I didn't yeah. strike. You're like, no, guys, it says you have to ask
0: me this question <laughs> yeah. right now. And, the, 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 and this and the box has, has six to answers. There, so, you know. <laughs>
3: so it would have been, yeah, that would have been my first, and I, it was published. I mean, that's, I, I feel like most people's gateway is, is D&D, of some edition or another. Yeah. Shockingly, though, I did start writing adventures, and I have them still to, to this day, oh. when I was like eight or nine years old. Oh, wow, And cool. they have maps and everything. Whoa, that and, and so like, cool. That, that's cool! At some point, I kind of want to like publish them online so people can just enjoy them. You but should. You should are so them. stupid. No, no, no. You should publish <laughs> so them cool. online as they were. And then
0: you, as an adult now, should revisit them and revamp them and make them awesome. Remember, yeah, make the, the the current? I'd be like, make here, them current.
2: Make them You
3: can have my original one and my updated, modernized one yeah. that I made super great. I mean, I did D&D Adventures. I did Adventures for Chill, the horror role-playing game, way, okay. way back in the 80s. I did uh, Indiana Jones Adventures. Oh, nice. DSR, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Appallingly bad I Indiana think, Jones I think Dom Zook did. has a few of those books. Yeah. He has a and it's, it's not a great game. It's, oh. uh, it's extraordinarily flawed. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: That would be an awesome anthology idea. Talk to, like, game designers and, and writers and get Hell them yeah. to update one of their, like, very first, first things yeah. that they did when they were first going. Yeah, that would be so cool. cool. I even have monsters I
3: created. Oh, nice. Oh. And I illustrated them. Oh, I like, bet they're super, super awesome. so cool. <laughs> I bet what. they have just way too many special. I have ways. my very first <laughs> D&D character sheet. Do you really? Oh, yeah, frame it. Yeah, yeah that's that beautiful. weird too. I mean, this is but, going back to like yeah, before that's... electricity. I mean, <laughs> oh, this gosh. was when we played by like candlelight. <laughs> before electricity, oh, uh, yeah, mine back was in the college. pioneer days, <laughs> <of role playing. laughs>
2: we'd have cheese. <laughs> There's that old man voice. All
0: right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I think, was I think awesome. it was a pretty good lightning round. Yeah, we might have slowed down a little bit there, but we
1: just wanted. To, I just wanted details. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> lightning, it's like rolling. It was a rolling thunder. Round. It
0: was. That's yeah, cool. there you Thank go. You. That's a nice way of saying that.
2: Uh, Cool. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for
1: joining
3: us. Yeah, it was was a really fun time doing this with us. Yeah, why don't you
0: uh, tell everybody
1: where they can find you? Uh,
3: You can find me on Twitter at s a Woodard w o o d a r d. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for me. uh, I'm in a couple of different places there. (laughs) Uh, I also write the weekly news for Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find uh, my bio on their page. And just, I mean, it'll be out of date in a few weeks, but. Uh, I'll be a guest, gaming guest of honor at RadCon up in Washington. Oh, cool! Nice. Oh, neat. That's going to be cool. Well, yes, that will be in the past by the time (laughs) we release this. I think. Well, it was good fun. Okay,
0: great.
1: Okay. For. Okay. I hope you had a Patreon. good time. There's I had a God. great
0: time. <laughs> uh, and again, if you guys haven't, uh, definitely check out the Flash Gordon, uh, the, the, the Savage World, the Flash Gordon mm. rules. Because as an added incentive, there are some uh, tweaked and updated Savage Worlds rules as Indeed. well in there. Sort of like a preview of the... Savage Worlds what? Exactly. Which will be coming out hopefully soon.
2: <laughs> alright cool well that's the episode everybody right. uh, until next time
0: let's, let's go! go we forgot to tell Scott about that yeah. oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it bye <laughs> this podcast has been a saving throw production you can connect with us on twitter at exp pointers pod and you can follow each of the hosts on twitter at their respective handles jordan is at jordan callerman megan is at megan caves and garab is at double gxg You can also watch us streaming RPGs and more at the Saving Throw Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Saving Throw Show. If you want to listen to new episodes of this podcast early, consider becoming a Saving Throw Patreon backer. Patrons at the $10 level and up can listen to new episodes a week early. You can also help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you found it to help get the word out. Thanks for listening, guys.